Wow! That was an entrance. And everything's about to change. Welcome to the Hoovering Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. And I'm Colin. And today we're going to be discussing Ascension of the Cybermen. Okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and throw out my prediction here on this, is that I think that Brendan, that that kid that we keep seeing, you know, growing up, I think that he is the lone Cyberman, because he's clearly displayed some non-human characteristics, and... You know, and and it sort of made make sense since they're showing us that story in parallel, and we know that the Lone Cyberman was rejected as a Cyberman, and the main reason that that would be would be if he's not human and not compatible with the technology. So, right, the conversion that, wasn't complete. Well, it sounds like he did that conversion himself R- to try possibly. to to try to create thing, and that might be why or, the emotional inhibitor potentially wouldn't have worked on him because he's not human, so therefore that would be a reason why he would have been re- rejected. And, you know, that, that that's kind of my thought on it. Yeah. I, I, this oh. is... Yeah. It seems like the most plausible um, way to go for me that Brendan would be. But, you know, I, I like... Uh, I saw it uh, coming through this the second time. I thought he might be the old man that guards the portal. Because, you know, he was... Uh, Koshamas or whatever? Koshamas. Koshamas. And I, I think, you know, coming through to the end of the episode, that, that falls a little bit. But him just saying, like, there are no more humans. It kind of seems like he excluded himself from that, um, you know, in the line, which led me to think, like, ah, oh, maybe he's connected to this other story I think the, don't know much about. I think the only problem with that assessment, though, is that we see him get some sort of memory erasure or some sort of conversion of some kind at the end of the episode. So my guess is that he is either being tried to be, I don't know, and plus it's his own father and that guy that hired him back when he was a kid uh, that are there trying to use this device on him to... And telling him he's not going to remember a thing. It looks so, kind of like the Cyberman, you know, antenna thing. Well, it on. does to a degree, but it's very crude. So I don't know if that's true or not. Or maybe this is the way the Cyberman, or maybe this is kind of a background story. So, so I'm thinking that it might be that this was his, him being a willing participant. And then at the time of his ascension getting rejected, this could have him getting that thing on his head might have been the time of his ascension where it ultimately rejects him. But but this is all on Earth, it seems, which doesn't quite gel with any of the cyber history. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, except, except, except for... Wait, no, no, hang on, I disagree with that, because the... 
Cybermen repeatedly get created independently throughout, like from different cultures, different universes, different planets, like all the time. Like, and it seems like humans or human like beings are always creating them from scratch. This could potentially be the way that it gets created from scratch. I mean, it would make sense to start with police or military or something. I suppose it's just kind of an odd. It, it it's a. It just seems to be a, a bit odd. Yeah, they wanted to be like you know twentieth century Ireland or something. Maybe even you know. Yeah, that's true. It did. It did. It like. seems like it. You know. Um. You know, with the style of clothes and everything else. But and the Dr. beautiful Hitler's, landscape. There's curveballs all the time. I mean, in our in our main timeline here, are are we on Earth? You know, protecting against us, the Cybermen. Because I, 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 I think that I could think... be back in time from this one settlement. I'm thinking that. Uh... This is the, they were on Earth. I don't know if Kashamis is on Earth, but I think they started out on Earth. But I don't know. It's not clear. Right, like when they come in and they bring their anti-Cyberman equipment. Is are we thinking that's Earth, or is that some other? Planet I'm thinking that that, are on now? that's Earth, but yeah, it could be a different one. I think it's a different planet. I don't think that's supposed to be Earth. I was kind of thinking so too, and I think you know that's Earth-like enough. I think this you know pseudo Ireland may not really be Earth either. Yeah, I mean, they Perhaps. did talk about, you know, oh, do you want to be a guard? And I don't think that they refer to their police as, as guards. So I don't know if that's maybe indicating that it's a separate society. It could just be a collo- quick colloquial, you know, kind of... I mean, it, it, it could be. Um, but since you brought up the when they come in and bring in the cyber equipment, here's the thing, and I understand from the sense of making the plot move along why they didn't do this, but it just didn't really make sense why the doctor parked so far away when they had to bring heavy equipment along. Why not just park in the settlement, in, at which point they could have gotten everybody into the TARDIS where it would have been significantly safer and, frankly, just flown away at that point, taking the those humans to safety, and then if the doctor wants to, you know, she could come back and, and fight the Cybermen at that point. It just seemed silly to have them all hide in their rundown buildings when there's a you know, much better, safer place for them to all be. Well, we do know that the Doctor, like Matt Smith, ha- in the past, like the Bells of St. John, he's already told Clara that he doesn't want to take the TARDIS into battle because he doesn't want anybody getting their grubby little protrudences on such an important time machine. Yeah, but then he proceeds to frequently bring the TARDIS into battle, so... <laughs> it's also could be, the other explanation could be that the TARDIS actually landed herself there on purpose because she knew she was supposed to be in that location, not allowing the Doctor to be in the middle of things. Yeah, we could probably spend spend the whole day going back about, you know, the possibilities here, what people were thinking, but I I think this comes to, you know, the great power of Doctor Who is the TARDIS, and a constant criticism has to do with their not utilizing the TARDIS to its full potential. And I think that's where it is now, like, even still, like, I, and maybe this is, you know, uh, my loss of understanding, like, why why we can't remote in the TARDIS right now, you know, when it's most needed, and sometimes it seems like we can't always remote in the TARDIS. Um, <laughs> sometimes we can't, you know, if we're worried about the TARDIS falling into the wrong hands, um, it seems like putting it in a planet where we know a bunch of Cybermen are coming within walking distance isn't a very safe place for the TARDIS to be. True. True that. But I guess also, I mean, it just... Uh... There's lots of explanations that I can come up with, and it's just possible that the doctor just just made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, 
man. Not a very doctor-like thing to do. I, I mean, mean especially because, like, so normally when the doctor lands, it would make sense why she wouldn't be right in the thick of things because they kind of just, like, are going to the places for some other reason and then there ends up being conflict breakout. But in this case, they were specifically going to a particular place. We know the TARDIS can hone in on specific people, so there's no reason why it couldn't hone in on human life signs in general. So... Well, is it possible she didn't know that the Cybermen were coming in those two ships because they were just trying to go down? Well, but either way, well, I mean, they're... Why were they they're, they're, all of that yeah. anti-Cyberman equipment? It's well, yeah, I mean, just to just, set it up. Just, yeah. just for the sake of the fact that they're all carrying heavy equipment, that alone would have been good reason to land, you know, where they need to be. I'm asking all these questions because I'm a, a what-if kind of person, so I, I, it's actually kind of good for the conversation. No, you're right. But, yeah, but I, do, I do agree that... I, yeah, I totally agree with you, though. The TARDIS could be utilized a lot more in a lot of different stories in Doctor Who. Well, I mean, I'm kind of thinking like the Planet of Fire thing, where the volcano is about to erupt, destroy all the civilization there, and the Doctor takes all of the people and puts them in the TARDIS while he goes and deals with the situation because they're safe there. Like, that just seemed like this would have been a perfect opportunity to do that. Well, also, don't forget, the Doctor hasn't always been able to pilot the TARDIS perfectly throughout all of all of his yeah, incarnations. But this one, but, but she seems... to be a constant yeah, problem in any recent history. Yeah, re- recently it, it seems to be better. In fact, as soon, like, after the point, like, the Doctor's wife, when the Doctor meets the TARDIS and, like, they have a conversation and stuff, ever since then, it seems like the Doctor's been significantly better at, tar- at flying the TARDIS, like, increasingly... I think so. But also, if you think back on to Journey's End, when everybody's in the TARDIS, the Doctor even mentions the fact that he, this TARDIS it was meant for more than one person to pilot. He's going to have to go around to all these different buttons. Yeah, and, and I know. Things. He said that. But then every other Time Lord with a TARDIS that we've seen, it's always been one person flocking it. Good point. Good point. But yeah. I guess I guess you could utilize the TARDIS better if you had a crew that knew how to actually pilot it. So, like, if River comes on board with the Doctor, you're going to have a little bit more accurate... Well, let's be real. If River's there flying. without the Doctor, you're going to have more accurate flying. <laughs> good point, good point. It still seems like they can pinpoint seconds and minutes, you know, pretty well, or like an hour. Uh, I don't know. It just does not seem like a reliable weakness in my mind. Uh, let me go with one of the strengths of this episode is that the cinematography and the overall look of this episode was phenomenal. I this loved when all the doors opened. Yeah, all the doors to the Cybermen. Even the outer space scenes where the Cybermen bits are bumping off their little spacecraft. Yeah, I, I thought that's what's impressive too. Like all of it was visually stunning. You have like, you know, back in time, Earth-like Ireland. You know, you have some other, you know, apocalyptic Earth-like homestead. Um, and you the have cyber, the cyber warships, the the other ship the I thought was done well too. Yeah, the cyber ships when they came in, oh they yeah, felt the, very very Battlestar Galactica almost with with their approach and then their descent. I thought that was quite impressive. And then uh, yeah, the cyber drones. I mean, they were devastating. I'm surprised they didn't finish everybody off because they didn't need yeah, the Cybermen. I feel like going. we need to talk about the Cyber Drones for a minute because it seems like you can upgrade every Cyberman by cutting off their bodies. <laughs> yeah, or their heads at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, you keep the heads. But I guess you, you still get both. But it's I don't like know. It's, they seemed, you know, their lasers seem just as powerful, maybe more than when they have a gun. So, so they, I, They're very fast and mobile. They're a lot harder to hit or deal well, with. Well, I think that they're the drones. Cybermen, yeah. 
in that scenario, they're like, like Michael mentioned, it's like handles. It's, uh, they don't have the human component in them anymore. Yeah. So it's just a uh. robot. Because if you think about it, you need not just getting the brain, but you out need of the, the central component? nervous system. <laughs> well, is I'm, that really helping the Cyberman equation? I'm, I think that it's the the point of it is that they're upgrading humans. So if you take away everything human, then that defeats the purpose. Yeah, and I'm just saying, is there a purpose to upgrading the humans, or can we just clearly delete them and have metal shells I th- that we replicate, you know, without brains? I, I think that the I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I've kind of always felt that way about it, it too. It seems like they're kind of more powerful without it. Possibly. Obviously, a brain is a lot le- is is a lot more vulnerable than electronic circuitry or or metal. And and yeah, we've but it seen seems like you well, can lay a brain, you know, dormant on a cyber warship for years and years and just turn them back on. Well, oh, you know, cyber menu. It, he, here's another thing too is that um on this note is I think they might need the leaders to have brains more so than they need the soldiers too. Cause we've seen it in this one, the Cybermen are all following the one guy who's the most human of them. And we also saw in nightmare and silver when, you know, mm-hmm. we had the, the, the cyber planner, you know, took over the doctor and stuff because they needed someone with uh, some genius to lead them and stuff. Well, they do have a hive mind, kind of like the Borg and Star Trek. So they, they kind of share a lot of, that's why the, uh, when, once they, once they went in, uh, the cyber leader, when he went in and, and took care of the first couple of Cybermen and rearranged their brains, so to speak, all the other Cybermen could wake up and have the same, uh, they didn't have to do it to every single Cyberman. Yeah. So, so let's think about that. What do we think that they were, that he was doing? I, that's a good question. I'm guessing that he was probably reprogramming them or – I mean he obviously was making them scream. So it didn't make much sense to me. I'm thinking that – well, I mean so like the other Cybermen that came out didn't seem to indicate this. But I'm wondering if he messed with their emotional inhibitors. That would make sense why, why we get some screams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah true. And uh, and also, you know, he doesn't have the emotional inhibitor. And although, as we established, he hates the the human, you know, part of him. He also m- may recognize the advantage of having. Is it some true of that, that he doesn't have an inhibitor, or is it malfunctioning? Because it seems like it's it's partially inhibiting, and we just have like all the, like the rage and the drive. And the no, I, I I think that I don't think it's inhibiting him. I think that he doesn't have one, or it's entirely broken. Like. Yeah, it seems like he has a, a broken human soul then, because it it just seems like unreliable. It seems too much like Dalek-like evil coming from his mind to really be human. Cause well, like, but he spared the one child the universe. in the previous episode. He spared the one child, and he, he remembered his own son as he... Had yeah, grown. but he also said he slid his kid's throats. Yeah, and he, he and also it pretty much like, just said, like, well, we'll upgrade true. this one. So, that's... Well, it it sounds like he slit his kids' throats before he started putting on the Cyberman thing. I mean, it wasn't clear, but it kind of he implied that. Well, maybe this guy is just utterly evil, which then kind of goes against the whole Brendan thing. Yeah, because <laughs> Brendan was trying to serve humanity; he wasn't trying to hurt it. Well, yeah, but I could that that's true. Unless that it? conversion when he he is erasing his mind creates that evil. Well, yeah, I mean, what if the only thing he held on to was, I want to make a difference, and the, you know, I could do that better with more power, and 
Could be, could be. It doesn't need uh, making a difference. Doesn't need to be a positive difference. Yeah. No, it does not. Well, and, not and, not but, from our point of view. Right. Yes. I mean, he clearly sees that as being a positive thing. Simon yeah. taking over. But yeah, it, it was weird how fast Brendan aged in it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that was storytelling or if that was him actually aging fast. Well, but his father didn't seem to be older, and the other police officer. Well, but they. But are they really the same people? Because they're trying to convert the son. They they're acting completely out of character from where they were before. Maybe not. It's it's uh. That's that's the thing about this episode because it uh it really brings in a lot of new mysteries and we already have plenty of mysteries this season. <laughs> hey, um, really opens the door for you know are we going to wrap this up in a neat bow in in the next episode? There's a lot of great potential. I feel like, I'm excited for it. I feel like a companion. I don't want to be left out. Left out. I, I, I feel like this season has been repeatedly like every well almost every episode has left me feeling a little disappointed in the episode, but very excited for the subsequent one. Yes. It, it, it build, it's building upon the mysteries, upon the mysteries, upon the new mysteries that all are probably related, hopefully. Stephen Moffat was really good about bringing all the mysteries together. Chris Chibnall less so. Chris Chibnall, we don't know yet. We haven't seen what his final product Okay, is but yet. we have seen that every mystery that he has done so far has not wrapped up neatly. Correct. So that that begs the question, is it all going to even wrap up neatly in this series finale? I don't think so, but I do think that we are going to figure out what the Timeless Child is and what the the secret that the Time Lords have been, you know, keeping from themselves, I guess. I'm certainly, like, primed for something big Doctor Who canon, like, changing of our understanding of Time Lords and other things. I keep trying to take a stab at it, but... I'm thinking they haven't given us enough information to really piece things together. I mean, here's something that bugs me about it, is that who ha, who lied to, to them about the origin of the Time Lords? Because it can't be the people who are currently in charge. If that was a secret that only the leaders know about, then the Doctor would know about it because he was the president of Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. You know, during that whole ceremony and everything, they probably would have divulged some of those secrets. And... Uh, and stuff. So, like, I feel like that can't be it. So it would have to be the founders, presumably, like, you know, Rassilon and stuff that were lying. And, I mean, honestly, that's not that big of a betrayal because we all know that he was a liar and did a lot of nefarious things. So- yeah, we, we already know that the Time Lords are a race of people that aren't to be trusted to begin with. The Doctor's already kind of made that clear from his previous incarnations. Well, here's another thing that bugged me, too, is that the doctor mentioned in this that they didn't have such a thing as teenagers, but which does fall into the whole one of the Time Lord origin stories where they, you know, just are go from 12 to age 20 overnight. No, just like step out into the world as like age 20 or whatever. But then there was How's another the master being right. The master was a child, which countered that. And of course, there was also. Uh, conflicted theory of them actually, you know, growing up is from children. We also saw the doctor as a child. Yeah, so, and listen. Th- yeah, so this comment about, oh, we didn't really have teenagers just seemed out of place and makes me think that they're going to reject those other things that we already know about. The, the when time did we hear and, there were new teenagers? She said that she was like, I used to, you know, hotwire spaceships when I was a teenager all the time. Well, we didn't really have have teenagers but you get the idea i guess maybe she meant in a literal sense like as in like earthling sense 
teenage yeah, maybe they years don't have the same, the same puberty kind of experience. Maybe there's not a, a hormonal phase that gets to be in parallel with us humans. Hmm. Yeah, they, they may, because we already know that their um, reproductive systems are probably more cloning than they are based on previous stories. Uh, we don't know exactly how the, it's well, kind of a mystery. but we think that they might be, you know, based on cloning, but then what about Susan, his granddaughter? That could be an, an, a, I mean, you can call anybody your grandfather, your grandmother, your well, mother, father. You can, it can be an adoptive title. True. It, it's just, it, it just makes me think that like, it's, and the doctor, I mean, there have always been a lot of inconsistencies about how that yeah. all actually works. Well, and the doctors even mentioned that he's been a father before, so. Yeah. Which, which now I guess he's now mother. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's what I'm so, that's why I really want, um. Jenny, the the daughter, to come back at some point. Just or even Susan would be a great yeah. character to come back. Yeah, just just see it like still still call the doctor grandfather or yeah. father. Well, grandmother at this point. I well, guess. no, but I'm just wondering how they would do that. It would be interesting. She'd probably slip and say grandfather. I mean, grandmother or something. Yeah, <laughs> something along those lines. Um, of course, she isn't going to see. The person she knew as grandfather, because she never, because Susan never saw the. Well, she did see the fifth doctor in the five doctors. Yes, I'll give her that. So she has seen a couple of other incarnations, but it's harder for her to probably relate to them because it's not the same incarnation. Yeah, and the doctor definitely changed quite a bit since then. <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. <laughs> All right, but let's let's circle back to to this episode here. It's. I also thought it was interesting the whole um, Koshamis like story of of him you know going and helping people through the barrier but then deciding to stay back and you know in he case there were other survivors yeah he seemed pretty awesome except for the the thing i don't get is that why did he really need to be there to help people through the barrier i feel like if they know the he knew spot, where it was well they know the spot to go to and you know well he knows the spot to go to. yeah they it people like didn't they know the planet nobody you know, else knew they yeah, you just you. It seems like you'd have to be lucky just to stumble up across it and close enough. Like you'd have to be like, well, let's get really close into this lake right now for you to stumble across it. Yeah, I guess so. But I kind of feel like if you knew that that's where you needed to go, which is sort of what like it seems like they knew where that settlement was. Then I mean, explore that general area. It seems relatively secluded and safe from Cybermen and. You know, yeah, dude. Dude is a war veteran who's been at this for a long time. Sounds like he has a real big sense of honor, which you know isn't too out of place in the universe. Yeah, it just it, it's it seems like an unnecessary sacrifice, which is kind of sad. I do have to say, though, in a positive note, that the Cybermen actually seem to be a very legitimate problem or a legitimate challenge for the doctor in this episode they are they are at the probably their most powerful and their most dangerous at this point and the threat is real at this point and you feel this has a very gritty feeling kind of like a battlestar galactica kind of feel to it um where everything is going wrong i mean yaz and graham get separated on this spaceship that basically doesn't really move very well and both of them really really step up Oh, they really stepped up in this. I mean, Graham almost became the doctor. As a matter of fact, and so did yes. Yeah, but in the, I mean, Graham even almost says, "I'm the," and he almost hesitates as to what he's going to say, and then he goes on to say, "Oh, I'm just a regular average bro- bloke." And I'm like, okay, was that supposed to be like just 
is that just Graham kind of stumbling I, into that, that, words? That, that's, how, that's how I read that's, it. That's how I read it, too. But the whole internet has blossomed with all these fan theories that Graham's really another incarnation of the Doctor, just secretly hiding. The doctor. Now... Yeah, that would be hilarious, though. It, it would was. be pretty epic. I'm waiting for one of those big turns in one direction. It would explain why why Captain Jack immediately got Graham on board well, when he grabbed. Yeah, but the that that sort of made sense, anyways. It's not like Jack's a Time Lord; he can't recognize other Time Lords, and True, you know he he, was... he grabbed the one who you know seemed to be doing doctor like things and when they came the into like MI6, what you'd expect the doctor to be Graham was identified as the doctor too yeah. I think you know just I th- old, think he, he just he fits the guys. yeah the it could the just be character. a red herring it could be just it, just a little nod to that whole thing. I don't even think it's a red herring I think I think it really is just like you know the the doctor tends to be uh you know middle aged yeah. white man most of the time so it makes true. sense that people would think that yeah that's true that's that's true but anyway, rate, well, uh, rating time. Well, h- hang on. There's oh, one wait. more thing I wanted to go into. Is, is the boundary itself. It's interesting the people going through it because they it goes to a different place every time. So it's not like they would build a community and be together. It's like if you go to the boundary by yourself, you're going to be by yourself. And also, if you go to a random place in the universe, you're most likely going to end up just floating around in the middle of outer space. It, it's, it seems strange that they didn't have space suits. There's a lot we didn't know about it, but, you know, seemingly you can kind of see the other side of things. I know they said that like, it was mysterious, never looked like that. Maybe it never looked like Alfrey. Maybe you could always see that it was a planet. Um, there's a lot that we don't know about it, but it also seems like if you go in together, you can stay there uh, together. And that's what was the whole point of why it was actually safe, because it is, it's a different place every time. You know, enemies can't follow you. That makes sense. Also, I. But I think. What, you know, where am I? It seems like it's, it's a two way thing, uh, clearly, you know. Yeah. Somehow. I wonder what the master was doing on the other side. So I, I think that the, the master together. might have Something set up the boundary and the Siberian. Yeah, we didn't even mention the master, did we? No, uh, so yeah, like, uh, I, I'm thinking that it would make sense because if you look at how the people are following the Siberian, like how the Cybermen are, rather, and like the type of things that it's having them go and the type of conquests and stuff, it does seem kind of master-like. It seems strange that that would have been sent back to that point in time, you know, and that, you know, this all would have happened. Like, it seems like, you know, this... Siberium getting sent back and the nature of what it was being there at that point in time seemed to like, I mean, it really, it drew the doctor in. The doctor wouldn't have been involved in any of this otherwise. The master was always trying to pull the doctor into it. Clearly, he wanted the doctor to come to this exact spot, this boundary. This was obviously part of the plan. So it seems like he probably set up the boundary. I mean, it's a mysterious thing. We know in, in one sense it leads to Gallifrey. It's something that certainly, you know, would draw in the doctor. And it just kind of seems like the whole thing might be sort of related to that and the sort of taking advantage of of lone cybermen's you know rejection and and need to you know be important or whatever seems like the type of thing that master does regularly Mm -hmm. i guess we'll see next week that the time lords were created by the cybermen all along (laughs) (laughs) or more likely that the master has something to do with the cybermen uh, if you think about it, the Master in the last three Cybermen stories has been there. 
Missy, yeah, Missy had the Cybermen. Origins pulling some strings. Yeah, it seems. yeah, exactly. So if the Master's back with their origins, it makes sense that he is quite familiar with the Cybermen. He's going to utilize them in any way or shape or form. That may also explain why Gallifrey is completely destroyed at this point. Uh, yeah, he could have destroyed him with the Cybermen. Is that but mean? he well, also he could have had instead of him having the doc instead of him actually bringing the Cybermen to Gallifrey, he's going to have the Doctor bring the Cybermen to that Gallifrey, just so that he can say it was the Doctor's fault. Except for Gallifrey's already destroyed. Right, that's true. When we look at the portal, so that this already happened. As far as we know, it is. Well, it's as destroyed as the Doctor has seen it throughout the season. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes next. But in the meantime, we've got all this mystery as to what in the world is going on. We're the companions going to be asking the doctor all these questions now. Indeed. Well, it's fun to ask ourselves these questions, so that's that's kind of why we're, we're here. Oh, here's another know. mystery. Will, will, will Graham hook up with uh, that one? Rovi, uh, Ravio or Rovio? Yeah. yeah. Whoever her name no. is. You don't think so? No. <laughs> You're very adamant on that. <laughs> Ravio, yeah. Ravi, they seem to have a good connection, though. Yeah, and I could see him deciding to stay to help out the humans or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe I wasn't intently, clo- uh, you know, closing in on it too much. I didn't get as much, you know, spark. I, I've, I felt like, you know, Ryan has had connections with two or three other people that were more meaningful that have fallen flat since, so. True. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You can't just replace Grace, you know, after a few years of the TARDIS. Yeah. But here, there, anywhere, um, we, we must rate this episode. We, we must, you know, quantify its epicness or its horrendousness. Um, I have to say, I, I was a fan of this episode. Normally, Cyberman don't, don't do it for me, but um, I did think, as we, we touched upon, it was a beautiful episode. I think, you know, it was visually done well. The budget was, I think, well utilized. Um, I was drawn in and, and had good um, buy-in the whole episode along the way. Um, of course, there are some flaws. There are a lot of extra mysteries in here that are, are fun to think through, but also give me a little reservation for the future of next week. I want to set my expectations low. But they are already high. There's a lot of things I want to see wrapped up, wrapped up well. The Master's in it now. There's this whole mystery of the Time Lords that we need to get to the bottom of. Um, but all in all, you know, this was, this was good stuff. I I think probably the, um, biggest weakness of it was, you know, some character development, like, like always, you know, with three companions and a doctor and some other consistent villains, it's hard to throw in seven or eight new people and get you really attached to them, um, before they're going to die, you know, very quickly in the episode. Um, but all in all, I was a fan. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's next cautiously. This is going to get, for me, an 8 out of 10. All right. Um, I actually disagree on the character development part. I'd say that they did a better job at character development than they did on the plot in this one, because as we've identified, there are a decent number of things that really don't add up that even however they end up concluding it is still not going to add up unless... It's all been fake this whole season, and none of it's real, which, you know, I hope they don't do, because that's a cop-out, but (laughs) that would, you know, um, but other than that, I feel like a lot of these things are not going to, like, can't be concluded, because there's too much inconsistency with the rest of it. But we've seen a lot of that this season. I actually thought that the uh, Graham and Yaz 
character development was really good in this. I also thought that the development of the one guy whose brother dies was was good. Him and Graham had some great back and forth in it. Ryan was very, very sidelined in this. Um, but... So I don't know. So I, 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 I liked it. Um, I loved that interaction between the doctor and the lone Cyberman where, you know, she is like, oh, you hate yourself and this is some horrible internal conflict. And he's just like, yes, you're right. <laughs> That's all true. And it's, it's funny. And the, and the way the doctor kind of reacted to it really reminded me of um, A Good Man Goes to War where Matt Smith, you know, challenges Madame Kavarian is like, you know, make them withdraw and stuff. And she's just like, okay, give the order or whatever, which was a, a great moment, except for then that turned out to be part of her plan. Whereas in this one, it actually was genuine. <laughs> and someone actually just accepted what the doctor said happened so rarely. But I thought that, you know, it, it, for as much action as took place during this, it felt a little slow, like the pacing was off a bit on it. And I, I know that's probably like a very uncommon opinion of it, but I, I just, I, I thought that it was like, well, there was a lot of action, but not a lot of plot, I guess. in it like that was leading up to the different action. And I think that's why they had to pull in that other story as well. I don't know. It looks like they go, go along to a lot of different stages. They split up. They're going to, you know, an origin at the end of it. They well, get into a, yeah, I think that they ended up like in a lot of here. Well, I mean, they ended up in a lot of situations, quickly. but I kind of felt like, I don't know, it, maybe it wasn't, it wasn't a smooth plot or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was, maybe I just didn't like it. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that this one was good. Um, I liked the ending. I am very excited about um, the next episode. But, I don't know, I, I thought that this was uh, relatively average, and I'm going to give this one a 6.5. Wow. I'm going to have to agree with Colin. There was very little character development, but that's probably because there was so much action that there really wasn't time to actually sit there and go through the characters. Yeah, there was a little bit of character development with Brendan, and that was, I think, the focus of this episode, not necessarily the human characters that are at the far end of the universe. We got glimpses as to who they were. They had brothers. They had jobs. They had roles. They were teachers. They were refugees. But they re we really didn't get into the meat and potatoes of who they were. We didn't have time to because they were running for their lives pretty much throughout the entire episode. What about Graham and Yaz? You don't think that there was good development Oh, there? I thought Graham and Yaz were great. I thought that, that, that we did have more Graham and Yaz moments, which was good. And that's my point, is that we've had so little focus on the main characters of the show this whole season. We're finally getting an episode where the main characters are getting kind of the top billing. And that's, I think, important, and especially in something like this, because now they're a bit more experienced. We've already been through two series with Graham and Yaz. It's, it makes sense that they are able to step up in the same way that the Doctor would necessarily. At the actually. risk of interrupting your flow when you're trying to rate, um, you uh -oh. know, it seems like Yaz and Graham here, while we had that great moment, it seems like we just get a glimpse that we know that they've changed. I don't think we have a lot of active right. development about their relationships, about their stories. It all continues upon what we've been seeing this this uh, whole season that is, hey, they're more independent. Right. They're more independent. They have more, you know, potential to step into the doctor's shoes. Gotcha. any rate, um, but yeah, I, I do agree that we, that, that we didn't have as much character development and 
I think it wasn't necessary because this was, in my opinion, a very plot-heavy episode. There were so many mysteries that you had to unravel for the audience and without any conclusion. Granted, there is no conclusion, but that's because this is part one of a two-part story. So I get that. It sets the and for me, I'm going to rate it based on the setup, not on the what has been resolved. I believe this episode was gorgeously directed and magnificently produced. I think also the music actually worked quite well. The the difference between the the Irish countryside with the the nice kind of old English kind of music versus the grating, very metallic music that you get when the Cybermen are coming out of their, their hibernation. So it's just, there's a lot of contrast between the two until the very end, of course. And I like how the story of Brendan kind of almost ends with the same peril that you end with Graham and Yaz being in a situation where they're ultimately going to be killed off or the Doctor having so many issues as well. Um, being with the master, of course, jumping in. It's like, oh, can we, how the hell are we going to get out of this one now? Um, so it's a great cliffhanger episode. I thought it was well done. The pacing I thought was just fine. I'm going to give this one a nine out of 10. This was probably the strongest, one of the strongest of this series. Wow. All right. I, I did actually finally figure out what I was trying to say before about the plot is I felt like the plot was very flat. They okay. were... They were all running from danger the whole time. It was different dangers, but they're just... It, it seemed like the same type of action was happening the entire time. So other than one-dimensional Yeah, plot. it was a very one-dimensional plot. And that, that, I that suppose, was, but I mean, it was a plot. And it was a plot yeah, that I, I made... Yeah, I know. That, it, it that, made that's sense. what I was trying to get at before. It did make sense. I mean, we had... I mean, first they were running on land. Then they were running in spaceship form. And so it was kind of... A progression, and then at, at the end of it, they were supposed to run through the portal to safety. The problem was is that they did all this running and all this, all the all these side plots to get to a point where it was actually far worse than when they started out. And that I thought was kind of that was kind of cool how they they worked that out. Was that you think they think they're getting to the the point where they can get to freedom or get the, get to where they can just go out into the universe and have fun. That's not happening because the master's coming through the portal, the Cybermen are on their way, and now the, the portal's open so that if the Cybermen get out, it's uh, all hell breaks And the loose. Cybermen's forces are, are what? You know, times Tremendous. Time 10, times 100? Thousands. A lot. Tens of thousands from what we know. So At least many. just on that one ship alone. I know, which which means that I guess the humans really didn't wipe them out very well. It, it doesn't <laughs> sound like it, does it? They just keep coming. They just keep coming. But, uh, yeah, so this will be an interesting uh, ending this coming weekend. I, I'm very curious to know what happens next. Yes, well... Good penultimate episode overall, and, and I think we're all excited. I'm sure the audience is as well about what's next to come. Um, I'm sure we'll. 